Ladies and gentlemen, we are quite uh, pleased to be joined by Sons, who is obviously from the Sons Forum. And uh, I guess we're going to ask him some questions about Gold Coast. And uh, fire away, guys. The Suns are really, in, this is their fourth year now in the big leagues. Fourth in the AFL, yep. Fourth in the AFL. And, and you really, that you're on the upward curve. It's, you've really progressed nicely over those three years. What do you think is a realistic expectation for this, this team this season? Look, probably same as the, the last three years. It wouldn't be so much, um, so much of a gauge being the number of wins more the way we run out games, the, um, playing four quarters of footy as much as possible and and probably just adding to the percentage. I think we had a six-goal turnaround last year. We, we averaged three goals more a game and uh, three goals less scored against. So if we can probably add a goal to that each way this year, it'll, it'll go a long way. We're quietly hoping for a, a sneaky place in the top eight, but mm. really we're not going to be judging on the number of wins, I don't think, probably for the last year. Mm. <laughs> don't ask questions all at once. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll ask another one then. I'll ask another one then. The, uh, is there a point at which you think that finals are a necessity for the squad? Because you got to... Your best players are not getting younger. Ablett's twenty-eight, and and at some point you've got to use him in the big the big time. There's always going to be anomalies brought into it, but I would have thought um, if we don't make finals in 2015, that would be a fail for the club. Um, as a, as I was saying before, this is going to be the last season where the number of wins is not really going to be a factor in sure. how we're judged at the end of the year. Next year. Uh, personally, I'm, I'm probably being a little bit optimistic, but I think the jump from 2014 to 2015 is going to be huge. Then players start hitting between the, the 50 and 100 games around the 70, 80 mark. I think we're going to make a big difference. So I'm quite optimistic of not only pushing top eight next year, but maybe even sneaky chance at fringe top four. Mm. Okay. Um, can you tell me a bit about Obviously, historically, there's been a big belief that the Suns' successes are based around, you know, Gary Ablett. Um, are we are we seeing a dynamic shift away from like an Ablett-centric position? Uh, like, is is there going to be a move away from that? Uh, is that what we're seeing this year? Absolutely. Um, you, you can't hide the fact of what Gary has done for us in the last three years, and um, that's both on field and off field. But I don't think you're going to see any less work rate from Ablett. He's still going to put in 110%, and you know that's that's always going to show. But as you see, the likes of Swallow, O'Meara, Prestia, um, Luke Russell, Matt Shaw coming up through the midfield. I think Bluey said it well the other day when he said, um, "You're going to see Ablett more finishing the job than starting the job. He's not going to have to go and win his own ball." So you'll, you'll see him on the outside probably kicking more goals and um, just just taking taking a bit of credit from the work that the other boys create. Mm-hmm. Now, David Swallow signed a contract uh, that was announced to the, today, actually. Correct. Uh, that will see him stay at the Gold Coast Suns until the end of 2017. How important is that for you? 
Yeah, sorry about that, North Melbourne. Um, it, <laughs> it's it's good don't, for. Don't, don't apologise. It, it's good not only for the club, but um, Morel. He was our first number one draft pick, and we had him for a year before we were even in the AFL. He played a few games for our VFL side, but I think um, hopefully he becomes a bit of a trailblazer, and a few of the boys sign sign up behind him. It, it shows that there's a bit of faith in the direction the club's taking. And obviously, the morale's high down there at Metricon. Can I, can I ask you about Guy McKenna specifically? I mean, he's been the coach for the for the duration of the of the, the existence of the Suns. Yep. Is he seen as a guy that is really there just to build the list to get them to a point and then hand over? Or is he really the guy that can see it through all the way to the end to, no. to actual top final success? No, he, he will be our premiership coach. I'm calling that now. I have okay. no, no doubt about that at all. And, you know, off to a shaky start, obviously, six wins in the first two years. But I think that two-thirds of the way through 2012 when they, um, they brought Malcolm Blight in to oversee things in the coach's box and... The impact was immediate. That was the week we had the win against Richmond where Carmichael kicked that goal after the siren. Um, so Bluey's a good coach, but I think it's also what we're building around him, the assistant coaches and just a great group of staff in general. So I think he's building a great team, mm. um, which, which is always going to help. What's his contract status? He's just signed on for another year, which brings him to the end of 2015. So mm. have a look at him then and we'll, we'll see how we go. But mm. I think it's a good good sign of faith from the club and um, it's good to put that sort of talk away early that, you know, if the Suns don't make the finals this year, it could they be looking at moving him on? I think that that's good to have out of the way. Now, Jaeger O'Meara was uh, nominated for goal of the year in round one. How's, yes, he was. How's, uh, how's O'Meara coming along? <laughs> Fantastic. Um, look, I think there was never any doubt of what he was going to produce. Um, the year he had in, in the system, playing in our Neeple side last year, uh, sorry, the year before, um, just some of the things he'd done was freakish. I, know, I remember watching him one game where he went off just injured just after half-time, three minutes into the third quarter, where he had, I think, 32 touches at that stage. But, um, yeah, he's... I think someone said it today on, on the AFL board. You just don't know where his ceiling's going to be. He's he's an absolute freak of nature at 19 years old now. Um, he's probably... Uh, it's hard to say if he would be second behind Abelard or Prestia picked in the midfield, but, look... Um, pretty eager to get his um, signature on a bit of paper saying that he's signed on a bit longer. Mm. The... Just... Sorry, go on. Oh, sorry. I, just one question I wanted to ask um, in terms of the squad is, do you reckon there's any position that you really feel you need to go out and, and recruit someone, or do you think that the squad's kind of complete as it is and can kind of grow as a unit and make finals and win flags? Oh, there's, there's no doubt that... Um, our forward line hasn't lived up to expectations yet, but we've we've got the potential down there. You've got Charlie Dixon, Tom Lynch, and Sam Day as a um, three pronged attack down there. Um, they they haven't really 
looked like being anything special as of yet. But once again, as McKenna said in his interview the other day, he he pointed out, I think the boys have only played 10 games together. So it's a matter of getting that gelling. And as the the midfield develops, we're going to see better entry into the forward 50, which should result in more goals from there. But apart from that, I think there's a lot of talk of us possibly picking up a um, key defender at the end of this year. I don't know how some of the boys that we've drafted in the last few years are, um, are progressing in that role. I know Henry Shade uh, has fantastic skills and all the attributes of a, a key defender, except for his size, really. So he's been nursed along in an EFL for the last two years and hopefully get some game time this year. But you would probably say if anywhere we were looking to recruit would be a key position defender. Well, when we're talking about recruiting, I mean, obviously that that initial recruiting period where you brought in Ablett and, and Harbrow and Ricciatelli, who've all really worked well for you, and then you've probably had the, the guys who haven't worked out, like Bock and Cracker and Brown and, uh, and, and Brennan. But one guy that caught my eye when I was watching the Richmond game the, night was, game the other night was Greg Broughton. And, he, and he's doing a, a wonderful job in the back line there. Seems to read the ball in really well. Good foot skills. He's a sort of stabiliser. He sort of he almost strikes me as a sort of role Brink Ware played for Hawthorne before he retired. Just a, a calm head in crisis. Good kicking boot. And you still need that sort of senior guy to help the help the kids. It does help. Um, Broughts is a good player. I'd like to see him come across a little bit more consistently, um, along with Tommy Murphy, who was also recruited down back there. Um, is struggling with, a, I think, a back injury at the moment. But um, I think the younger players are coming along nicely. And as you see, players like Swallow and that added to the leadership group, I think we're going to be all right down there. We won't be looking at any more of them sort of general in the back line sort of roles, having to recruit just for the leadership anymore. Mm. Do you just... think that's what he was recruited for, just literally as a, as a, as a mature head or...? Um, I think I agree. I think you should be beyond that, but not so much Broughton. I think Broughton's a little bit quieter in that that role. Tom Murphy, maybe I think um, he may have been brought in for leadership, but I think Broughton was always just going to be the runoff half half back in his skill set alone. Yeah. Just on uh, those initial recruits, what's uh, Carmichael Hunt's position at the moment? Uh, saw him play a game in an EFL a few weeks ago where he was probably our second best on ground. So it's it's hard to say. If you, if you had asked me four weeks ago whether he was staying or going at the end of this year, I would have put the house on him going back to NRL or possibly rugby union. But his attitude around the club, the effort he's putting in on game days, um, even for you know NEFL practice matches, it just... It just doesn't look like that's someone who's made up his mind yet. He's he's not backing off. And granted, Carmichael's the one of the elite athletes in Australian sport, so he probably doesn't know how to to give any less than a hundred percent. But I think it's too early to tell. I think you'll find him pushing for senior selection in the next few weeks, and then we'll get a better gauge of it from there. Okay. Um... Any other questions you guys have before I go into the off-field stuff? Well, I've got an off-field question. Um, 
the Gold Coast has not been a happy hunting ground for sporting franchises over the last 20 years or so. It's been, I guess, almost a bit of a, a cemetery. Is there a good... Is there a good like? Are you do you live in Queensland? Are you local to the to the ground and, and what have you? I'm I live in Brisbane uh, personally, but I spend a fair bit of time at Metricon myself doing is there, stuff is, down there. Is there a good local support for it now? I mean, amongst the sort of the local Queenslanders. Oh, uh, you you see the bumper stickers and you know the the baseball caps floating around. Um, it is growing on game day, and I think we are starting to pull ahead of um, Gold Coast Titans in crowd numbers and that. So mm. uh, it is growing, and as the success comes, you know, Queensland's a very fickle state as far as um, following sports go. When the team's winning, the supporters are up and about, but when they're losing, you don't see much from them. So, Jeez, that's um, pretty embarrassing. It's, it's true, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> I can't, can't imagine living in a, seat like, a state like that. <laughs> but... I think think the support's there. Where you mentioned earlier on with the um, clubs breaking their membership records, I think Suns are probably well on the way to doing that this year. If we can get a few more wins early, I think we're only one or two thousand off that. So see what happens. Well, you're ahead of where you were last year in memberships. That's correct. Uh, about ten percent ahead. Yep. And you're at about ninety-five percent of your record, but you are streets ahead of the uh, Gold Coast Titans membership, which sits at about seven and uh, nearly 8,000. Yeah. So uh, you're about 2,500 on them. Your crowds are about even. Um, what's your relationship like with the Gold Coast... Uh, not the Gold Coast, Southport Sharks? The, it's a funny one, the Southport Sharks. The relationships there, obviously, um, they're one of the Sun's major partners and... Um, there's a, a, a solid partnership there, but I think the Suns in general try and not mask the fact that they favour the Sharks, but um, they also have to take into account there's about 10 other sides on the Gold Coast that they've got to be seen as being equal with, if that makes sense. Mm. You, you don't want to be favourite favouriting one club because they're trying to pick up these young supporters and juniors that are coming through the ranks to, to gain the interest. You, you would hate to favour your major sponsor. Yeah, uh. it's, it's, it's an awkward situation, but I know when um, GC17 was being put through and you know they were tossing up between names, the only reason the Sharks was overlooked as a name was due to that fact they didn't want to be seen as favouriting one club um, oh, no, I think it would be a different situation if if not for that I think you'd probably see the Gold Coast Sharks in the AFL right now well it's an absolutely good call I think on the part of the AFL but the, the Sharks were applying for entry as early as the 1986 yes. when the Brisbane licence went up and uh, yeah the AFL didn't well the VFL didn't uh, wasn't interested really in uh, having a local club in Queensland take it over regardless of how much money they had and so this is probably a fair and equitable result. Southport get to be a platinum partner of the, uh, well, patron partner, I think they're classified yeah, as. So, right. but it, it, And I think it makes a bit of a difference up there. There are, no, um, there are no annual reports for the Gold Coast Football Club, which is interesting enough in itself, uh, and in, indicative that the club was run out of Melbourne for all intents and purposes until October last year. So... 
Interesting. Yeah. So, but in terms of memberships and everything else, as, as far as we can tell from official records, the club is moving ahead in streets and uh, streets and bounds and leaps and we're, bounds. We're on track, um, that's for sure. But you know, the challenge is going to be maintaining their members um, when you start long, losing again, long term. Because you know, we've, we've seen what happens with Gold Coast teams. Uh, granted, I don't think a Gold Coast team has ever won a, a premiership in any sort of professional sport, but. Um, you only need to look at Brisbane, man, and their team results to see what Queensland uh, That's supporters right. are like. You know, if, you know, touch wood that we have something even half as successful as what the Brisbane Lions had. Um, but, you know, two two years later, after after their dynasty sort of wore off, their crowds dwindled, and, you know, that's that's always a worry for the Suns, I suppose. I found it so, interesting. I've always found it interesting that Brisbane's membership record was set in 2004, um, where everyone else was set a lot later, like last year for the most most clubs. Yeah. And Brisbane's and just membership just didn't grow. I was, is that still the case, is it? Membership record is still 2004 for Brisbane. Uh, they have never got beyond that 30,221 that they set then. But uh, they might get it this year at the rate they're going. Yeah. They are well up on last year's figures, so... There's another thing to point out about the Suns is um, the community involvement up here is fantastic. Mm. The, the amount of work they do around the schools and clubs and everything is just probably second to none in the AFL. And, you know, it is all a ploy to, to get the name out there, but it's working. I, I'm almost certain I read somewhere that their community uh, involvement is the highest in the league. Yeah, by far. Um, I couldn't tell you where I read that, but I'm almost certain I read that somewhere last week. So, good on the Suns, in my opinion. Guys, final questions? No. No. Nothing from me. No. Uh, any final comments from you? Uh, you know, uh, anything you'd like to say to your club supporters? Just stick by, Suns fans, those are, that are out there listening, and um, the people that are 50-50, the Suns have a lot of supporters who... You know, may have the Suns as a second club. I'm looking at you, Matthew, down there. Just jump on board the Suns. Don't be, don't be afraid to get in early now, so you're not seeing as too much of a bandwagon. No. But yep, the flag's coming. Twenty twenty one three or whatever that promotion is. It's it's a solid prospect now, and um, I think yeah, success is only not too far around the corner. Alrighty, the Gold Coast uh, Football Club has 11,838 members. If you would like to be one yourself, you can go to the Gold Coast Football Club website at goldcoastfc.com.au. Thank you very much, uh, Sons, for coming on tonight. No worries. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks very much uh, for everyone else.